What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon, and welcome back to the podcast. Always appreciate you guys checking in on me and hearing the latest episodes. And, you know, this whole podcasting experience, I'm trying to, you know, spew out and really get you guys to, 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 to dive into this audio place because it's not about the downloads. Yes, those are important if you want to get ad money. I get it. But it's way bigger than that. It's about building real relationships. I know in business, people throw that around and it's honestly, it gets this kind of cheesy vibe about it. But man, like I want to, I want, I want to take a walk. I want you guys to take a walk with me down memory lane here. Cause last, well, it's two weeks ago, I was at the digital marketing conference in LA in Santa Monica and, you know, had a chance to meet a lot of great people, but I really got, I feel like I really got to know them to a degree based off the podcast interview that we did and i plan to keep staying in touch with these guys and that's the best part about it right it's like beyond just the service level you know what do you do conversations and more into what are you passionate about and where are you taking it and what's next and what ambitions do you have moving forward so i want you guys to sit back and enjoy this episode with with jose barrera man we talked about a lot of things so you know it was one of those conversations where jose walked into the booth total strangers I got a two-second interview from somebody else who I recently interviewed <laughs> who brought him past the booth, Ruben over at Dub. You guys got to check them out. Dub is like a video emailing platform. I'm just getting into it. I like what I'm seeing so far, but uh, big shout out to Ruben for giving us the intro. And um, Jose came past the booth, man, and literally just, we just started chopping it up. It was just that simple. And we started talking about everything from his spiritual journey to him going to Burning Man and, you know, his whole personal growth process and the career moves after leaving the military and then getting back into the real world and launching businesses. So, you know, this is just one of those conversations that we covered a lot of it. I mean, uh, and I think what we're going to pick up is right whenever he's bringing his wife to the U.S. from Russia, I think it's a good place for us to start. So we were we were just kind of flowing, and I was like, "Man, we got to press record and capture this for the podcast." He was open to it. We kept it going, and you know, you guys should totally let him know how you guys feel about the podcast. And please always subscribe. Let me know if you guys are, are, are feeling this content. This one's going to be a little more free flowing. Um, so I'm just going to I'm just going to have the whole conversation there, but really, really good mixture of just like the whole work life balance play and really understanding how that looks. We get into all of it. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Jose Barrera from Trinet. Of course, look, to each his own. Her of course, own. like we were all writing our story, but yep. to me personally, it's like it's just that is. You know, every decision you're making is sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah. But when you're you're telling that story when you're 90, like, okay, you know, it's it, I live my life. Do you want to say I regret not doing that, or I wish I had done this? Can't live with that piece, man. Right? Yeah, I'd rather be like, okay, I did piece. it. You know, sometimes it's like, oh man, you learned. But at least it's like I tried. You aren't gonna be able to rest properly. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you'd have had that, that if you'd have not chased and not. You know, went after the way you did, you probably wouldn't have been, you know, no, I, a little bit of sleepless nights, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and you grow, it pushes you, right? Yeah, yeah. And, but that's that's how you grow. And I remember going back to my boss, who was like a homie, right? The guy yeah. helped me develop into the businessman that I became, like mentor me, like helped me choose a market yeah. from within this big industry and really chased it. And, like, and he did a lot for me. Yeah. Um, and when I struggled, like we're such close friends that he wouldn't, dare ever like you know fire me or say anything bad he's like okay how, how can i help right yeah so it, was, it was a lot so then coming to him and say hey mike i'm out i'm out yeah uh it was 
was he pissed or was he happy? So I tell you what, man. Like, the guy, like, like I, I've met a lot of salespeople in my life and a lot of CEOs and CFOs and whatever. And mm -hmm. Mike is like an exceptionally good businessman. I think like sucks to say, but I think that the those super rich sales cats always have the little bit extra where like when they have to choose between themselves and the client they tend to choose themselves mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. mike had that in a way that like he was very small but also was this insane salesperson so you know he's now he's a boss of the company but he still has that salesperson within which mm -hmm. is what made him get ahead so sure. when i go sit with this guy i thought okay we're going to take our mask off and we're going to have a heart to heart yeah but somehow, when I left that meeting, it was my idea to stay in the company three more months and meet these, these, and these goals. He's a hell of a sales guy, man. And I was just so like going on, like, yeah, of course I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Then I'm gonna go to Russia just fine. Yeah. And like a week passes, and I'm kind of okay working on these goals. And like next week, I'm like, hold up. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> so then I I bought my ticket to Russia. I went and got my my Russian visa. Yeah. And then I rescheduled the meeting. And I hey Mike, let's talk. And I quit. And I say, dude, like, look, man, I love you. You didn't offer me, but I'm sure you can understand where I'm at. And, like, I want to do this. So this is two weeks in between that initial conversation about you planning to leave. And, and then he kind of sold you on ideas staying around for three months. Two weeks went by? Is that it? About, about two weeks went by, yeah. yeah about two right, weeks went yeah, by. Quick. And then I, uh, <laughs> yeah, because, like, ultimately, like, I knew what I wanted. And, yeah, man. And I, I was, in a way, impressed, right? Like, he got in my head and made me think that it was somehow my idea. And I'm like, wow, like, he's who he is because who he is. Yeah. Uh, but also like, Hey, come on. Like, this is my life. Like I, I want to go pursue this. Yep. I, I know I'll be okay. And if I got to come back, I'm sure you let me back in. So it's fine, but I need to do this. So I, you know, it took about a, another month from that point on for me to leave yep. the U S uh, and I went to go, went to St. Petersburg because wow. she was at this point. And then the journey truly began, man. Cause like she, her life had just been kind of shattered. Wow. Right. So now I show up in Petersburg after she told me to come. And now she's being kind of strange. She's kind of like, what's up? You know, you're here, but I'm not really open. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. Like everything's so confusing. She's lost. Cause, well, I mean, not lost, but because she's her life is in limbo now. Right? Yeah. So yeah. she's thinking about coming back to U.S. Now, but she can't come. And there's this right? American cat that's yeah. just like, hey, you just you just say yes. I'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. Right. To me, he's like, this is my woman. Like You're going to come back with me. Like, I'll figure this out. But did you guys K one it? Huh? Did you guys do the K one? We did the K one. Yeah, we you did the K one visa for sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so I went move, and I, I had <laughs> talked to a few lawyers to figure out what our options were. Yep. And I, I thought, okay, I'll go get the girl and I come back. And I had a friend doing enterprise deals at Cisco, so I figured, okay, like there's money anywhere. Like you can, you be a fine. Now. Sure. It takes a while to get to enterprise sales at Cisco, right? You have to be in the game for a while. It's good money when you get there, though. It's great money. This guy was bringing like 35k a month in commissions. So like, <laughs> the money's—it's—it's it's juicy. Uh, but I'm like, okay, like I'll find a way. You know? Right. So I go there. We I spend this summer with there between Russia and then traveling all throughout Europe, trying to like better up and be like, hey, you know, it's this is going to be good. You just you just say yes. It was like, an incredible experience. I mean, I, I lived in Europe for a while, but. It's different just to truly go backpacking with no plans and buying a ticket out of the airport to decide where you want to go. And now we're the girl that you like. And I look like, I, 
think what really solidified it, I've been skateboarding my whole life. Okay. And I was in Barcelona with her, which Barcelona is the makeup skateboarding. Oh, they said it's sick out there. I haven't been, but all my guys that, that, that go through Barcelona say it's the city to hit up. Yeah. In Europe, Barcelona is sick. Um, yeah. And she can ride a skateboard really well. So now I'm like in my dream city again, skateboarding all the time and she's right she's riding with me dream city oh dude skateboard it was like, freestyle right. yeah. uh, that's kind of what did it I remember like i that's where my what i had a ticket to fly back to the u.s and i just i missed my flight i stayed on us for a couple of weeks wow and traveled with her and then at the end of like two months all together it was okay well like now i gotta go back to the u.s and figure this out what i'm gonna do um i had some friends that had a startup that i truly believed in um that I wanted to like partake and also another one that I wanted to at least say, hey, I gave it a shot. I don't yeah. know if this is going to work, but there is something good there to pursue. So let's give it a shot. So I came back and we're trying to figure things out. I was I was also going to Burning Man. So I was like, you know, I was still kind of checked out. I was still trying to figure things out. I Talk just, about Burning Man, dude, because I'm, I'm obviously not going out that way, man. But oh, I, I, I've dude. heard nothing but I've heard it's a lot of who you go with. I've, I've heard okay. that matters a lot. But. The amount of experiences that people have out there seem ridiculous. I think everyone should go to Burning Man. I really? think it's for everyone. Is I it mean, about the community and all that too that you that you catch? Is is that a piece it's, of it? It's about being able to experience reality from a place you just never been able to. You have wow. to think. Um, so like there is life as you know it. Yep. As you lived according to money, marketing, fashion, mm-hmm. you know, your sense of community, what you have to do to get by in any community. Capitalistic culture and everything else that's Absolutely. in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And now you're going to take everything you know about life and flip it upside down. 100%. It truly is the underworld, right? Like we wow. have our rules that we live by to maintain society. Yeah. Right? They created their own rules <laughs> to keep it this way. And, and they're so good about it, like not allowing marketing, for example. Not, not like truly asking you to be fully submerged in your experience, to be inclusive, to partake in everything, to take care of yourself. Um, they have 10 different rules that truly push you to just be part of this thing and being able to see life from a completely different perspective does huge things for you. There's a reason why it's like it's now big even amongst the tech community. Yeah, it's huge in tech. Out yeah, because yeah. you get to see live from a different angle that you, otherwise you just can't um and then, yeah it's it's a uh, biggest thing that i say just like life whatever eyes you have is what you're going to see so, so they they kind of give you like a, like is it is it an intro like when you get out there they say hey these are the rules these are the only this is the only infrastructure you got to worry about and they kind of you know try so, to get you to have that shift is that a piece of the they they send you them when you get a ticket right you oh, see okay. you see everything because it's, it's a big it's a big pilgrimage man. I remember like my first time going how much does it cost by the way I, I, a I'm ticket not, is like four like it's say 500 altogether with okay. taxes per wow, ticket. Wow, it's not bad. Yeah. But even because you're you, out there for how long? I'm sorry to cut you off. It's bro. about eight days. Well, okay. Sure. If you do seven days. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But <laughs> you got to think it, it's it's if you think as far as value for your money, it's as good as it gets because once you're in there, everything's free. Really? Everything's free. Like food you just, and all that. Food and all that. Everything. What? Yeah. So it's 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 a gifting economy, meaning the way, best way to put it is like, look, now it's like on the money we make, we pay taxes, right? Yep. To keep the roads going, to keep that going, um, and if you make. A million dollars, you're going to pay 40%. You make yep. 100K, you pay 35, whatever, right? Yeah. 
uh, there is like if you make a billion dollars, you can contribute a camp, you contribute a camp. If you make a million, you want to contribute an art card, you give an art card. If you have to make 100K, you want to contribute some coconuts, give coconuts. If you can give a smile, dude, then give a smile. Wow. But it's been going on for so long at this point that when you step into that culture, it just kind of takes it forward. And like everyone is super happy. Everyone is super friendly. Everyone is like willing to do these things because of what they've curated. Wow. Um, which and it's you know that's part of it so it's like now imagine you show up and all you have to do is carry a cup with your name on it and maybe like your id card glued onto it because you can be a kid and go to burning man and there's a lot of kids that actually go are you serious yeah man i've seen like babies which that i don't i'm not kind of cool because it can't get dusty but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know some young parents is like okay it's burning man like i want to go like wow i'm gonna take the kid dude you you know i i, I like this i i mean i haven't gone me, me my my good friend from high school they were talking about going out the next year but it's like um i love that concept of flipping this world on its head and having a whole new set of rules yeah because a lot of times we just need a paradigm shift that's it yeah. you just need to change how you view the infrastructure like for so long we're pushed down our throats like this is the way you go to school you graduate get the degree get the job get the girl get the house move on you know you know what i mean of like course, you, man, you, of and, course, and, yeah. i mean and, and you almost believe that's the path right yeah. you're on that path and you're like this is the beaten path i'm on it and what happens, unfortunately, is that when you're on this beaten path, there's nothing but expectations of what the next step should be. Yeah. And you lose the, you lose being in the moment. Of course. Because you're on the path that everybody's been down. So you're like, all right, how can I get down this path faster? How can I make more money on this path? How can I, you know, blank, 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 you know what I mean? And it's not your path. You're not deciding that. Yeah. It's been decided. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. thing is, like, yeah, yeah, often yeah, it's, it's some yeah. cat that's not any smarter than you, but no. just 20 years ago decided that's the reason. Now you're just doing this. Yep. Right? So, like, you don't get a choice. When you get there and you kind of feel, even just fashion, like, there you dress as you please. I see the pictures. Comfort, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, man, I can do something else. You know, like, huh, nobody's going to say anything? No, okay, fine. Like, there's no expectations. You can do as you please. It's truly, like, puts you in a spot. Like, okay, like, you, like truly self-discovery. Wow. I think, I think California is a lot more hippie, but I've had friends that are Europeans that come from, like, a, I mean, if you're in London, it's like you're going to do finance uh, or real estate. Yeah. Right? And, and you're same you're stuck in that and, and everyone's been doing it for so long now you come here and you go to, you know come in la it's super hippie okay just got his thing to it then you go to burning man and it's like it's a whole different world and i have friends that just kind of quit everything to start something else go into art and they're like man like i never saw this or like to become a yoga instructor and just travel the world and figure something else that is okay like, hey, this is truly me you know what's wild about that and what your at least things i think about is this how you know the internet's allowing people to do it anyway because you can now be a yoga instructor, uh, host a couple um, yoga retreats, and make a killing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so before, whereas the money was limited, you're like, okay, you know, yoga instructor, I can only teach a class, you know, every couple hours a day, and so I can only make blank, you know? Yeah. But now it's like you can scale it. You can sell videos online. I mean, there's so many ways to kind of go about monetizing your passion. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the, the internet's kind of opened people up for that. Absolutely. And like, it encourages you to just go out and do something else. Like, the tools are there for you. Right? Yeah. So now it's whatever that extra push might be. Right. For me, it was kind of quitting. For me, it was a girl. Yeah. It was a girl, right? Yeah. Which I think for everyone's like, yeah. is often the case. And then quitting everything. And, and, you know, I came from a very structured place. Military gives you everything. Yep. Get out, work with. Even then, like, I knew they hook you up with, like, benefits to go to school. So I kind of had that beforehand. I knew where I was going to go. Right. Um, and then going into structured corporate jobs. I was so stuck in this. 
toward the idea of going for fitting a salary and start from the beginning and, and taking like a freelancer think if you will it was just scary from like a corporate world um, so I gotta ask the question then man because we're kind of beating around it but what's the passion now man I mean you have the girl you've journeyed off right yeah yeah I know so everything worked out there was a good year mm-hmm. when nothing was working right yeah. so I went the tech route I always knew I was gonna start a company um, but I Talk didn't about the know. year whenever nothing was working a little bit, if you don't mind doing that. Oh, man. I mean, it was like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a very laid back guy, and it's, I can always see can the, the positive in things. Um, but internally, there's a lot of things you're like, man, I don't know what's going on. Like, my savings are just like dwindling. I'm, <laughs> I've had yeah. a loft in downtown LA or spending two grand a month, and you know, up my savings every month. Wow. And I was traveling here and there. I wasn't, I got lucky enough to rent it out a couple of times for like film shoots to kind of help out. Yep. But it was that struggle. And then, okay, there was a startup that I want to take on. A few friends of mine had launched this thing. We got on iTunes or we got on the Apple store. Okay. Um, we started really pushing it. I felt that the concept was incredible, yeah. but the development had not been that great and they were missing like a business strategy where like, if you're an investor, why would you invest in this? If you're a user, truly, why would you go to this? Which is a lot of the issues in the, the tech world is that is like, there's not the right fit, yeah. right? And you didn't think about that. You like a great idea, but like it requires an economic crisis for people to even look at this thing. That's a great point. Um, so I took over the company, not having a, I mean, like management experience of a tech startup. Yeah. And such a step. took it as far as I could and learned so much along the way. But I, I, the more that I realized how bad of a job we had done with like mismanaging resources and now trying to figure this out. And my, my co-founder had this Steve Jobs mentality. Now the kid is absolutely brilliant, right? Well, you go meet with him. And I will bring like BCG, McKinsey consultants, venture capitalists, and all these people, and he can outsmart them all. But he had this like Steve Jobs kind of Jesus complex of like, Jesus complex, I know man. better than you. Yeah. And, and often you go into a meeting and you don't know walking out if, am I crazy or is he crazy? Right? And then like my. <laughs> I've worked with a guy like that before, man. It was tough. They could be, be brilliant minds, but um, you know, there's all types of intelligence out there, and one is being able to socialize emotional intelligence and is real you know i mean and, I, and just honestly learn that like okay you can make mistakes and that's what he wasn't seeing we go into a board yeah. meeting and try to pitch and if people didn't get it right he wouldn't think like oh i need to do a better job at explaining it he'll think these guys are idiots or like uh, they just don't quite get it one of those yeah, uh, yeah. so like when yeah. i took over now i'm trying to restructure the pitch deck and you know talk to people again and talking to other founders and learning from them and i'll pitch and they'll say like okay this is great but you know you need to figure this out you need to do this you need to do that or like hey maybe say it this way i will take that and okay like if, if i want to pitch to you and you didn't get it it was never you i'm like i need to be able to deliver this right. you know and when i first linked up with these guys, they had like a trial for me where like they pitch it over three different days, which was great because they wanted to test their teammates. I get it. But now you couldn't pitch for more than five, 10 minutes, one concept. You have to tell me what it was. Yeah. Um, which what we were doing, we're simply open sourcing projects and ideas mm-hmm. in, in, in one platform where like if you have an idea to, for example, start a podcast company, you mm-hmm. put in there what you're trying to do, like really sell it well, and you say, okay, I need this many people, I need a sales team, I'm looking for this sponsor, I need this much money. 
and then once you put it in there, you sent it to the network like an Uber. Yeah. Um, and people just get notified. Okay, this guy's doing this, that, 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 that. And then you see it moving in real time as it's getting traction. Interesting. And the whole concept is just kind of to facilitate the, the creative actually process. Still, I don't see that out there right now in the market. I was about to say angel.co has, so has a platform for you to hire people. Right. So there's a few companies Kickstarter, that, you know, to raise that money. do things similar, right? We're trying yeah. to bring uh, different projects on board. Um, there's a company now that we're working with, um, by founded by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, that is the same for the creative world. Meaning okay. if you're an actor or just any kind of creative, you can post little things here and there. Yep. Uh, and then mm. you can collaborate with others or companies can buy whatever snippets you're creating. If it's a podcast or if it's like a video, um, they, then if anybody picks it up, you get paid for it. So I've seen people t- taking a stab at this idea and I do, I do think once they get it, it'll just open source the market. It'll facilitate a lot of things but it's just tough to get started. And that's what every investor, every person is asking me, okay, how do you start? Where, what's your market? Where do you go, right? And I started by saying, okay, LA market, no, it's too big. Come on, give me something else. Okay, yeah. we're gonna go with schools. At the end, I said, let's do it with Burning Man because Burning Man, you're gonna have a thousand projects all at once so in one week. People are there launching projects off. Oh, you gotta think, everything is, if you and I wanna go, mm-hmm. we wanna join a camp, right? It's not like a camp's been there. So we have to virtually figure out how everything's gonna go. And then uh, let's say like in my camp, uh, it's about 150 of us, okay. Berlin, San Francisco, and LA. Yeah. Um, and we have to do everything virtual, use whatever tools we have to yeah. figure out how to make the camp come to life. It's like an open source project management type of stuff. It's, it's all it is, I'm like, dude, this is, this is we have to do it for Bernie, man. But yeah. Then, co-founder at this point is like, no, I don't believe in their idea. I mean, he also is very Christian, which is the other, um, fault because he, he was trying to push his idealism onto everyone. That's tough. Um, but you look, I'm very spiritual myself and I'm very respectful yeah. of, of religion. My roommate is Muslim. Like, yeah. But it's one thing to push that onto everyone and say you're wrong for this as it is to That's have your own personal belief. Yeah. Um, so after so much time struggling with this, I my now the K1 thing was working out. My girl was coming here. Okay. I okay. needed to get back to making some kind of money to sustain two people, right? You can only play the tech rap for so long. And look, the experience was great. I, I had a year of like, to me, it felt like in a way vacation, right? I was growing, I was doing things that I wanted. I was passionate about it, which I think, even if you struggle, I think LA has that about it where here struggle feels like success just because you're doing what you want. It's funny how it happens, isn't it? Yeah. And um, LA is different from that standpoint because you get a chance to, you know, we, get, we got the beach right behind us, and it feels like you can get away at any moment. Um, but there's plenty of hustle happening here, too. It's everywhere, man. I mean, it's everyone's it's story. Like, people come from everywhere. Like, hey, 100%. I mean, every time you hop into Uber, talking about Uber concepts, you know, like, there's a guy who probably has five different gigs behind the wheel. Yeah. May, at least two. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I haven't met one Uber driver that's, oh, I just do this. They're either acting, they're startup land. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's a man. I love it all. Every I mean, so. story, every person you meet is like. I, it's one place where I do like asking, you know, where do you come from? Because like, I don't, I don't care what you do. I care why you do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. everyone has that. Everyone is like, oh, I came from so and so to do this. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's great. Wow. And how's this, how's it been along the way? It's like, oh, let me tell you a story. Right? <laughs> Everybody's got an <laughs> LA story, dude. Yeah. Everybody's got one, uh, man. Yeah. So either way, like you know, that yeah. I had to. 
everyone's telling me at this point, and we had a team of like 16 people working on this that were like very smart cats, yeah. right? From like a money standpoint, a consulting. Again, we had like BCG McKinsey and Bain guys on this, like just assistant. We had guys working on a pitch deck. We had a lot. Wow. And everyone's like, dude, just start again. Start again. We'll help you figure it out. You let's just leave Adam. That was the co-founder. And I'm like, okay, like, I'll give it a shot. But it's also tough now working on this and, and believing in it. Uh, and abandoning, you know, the software we built, but it's for better. So I, I left, and I was lucky enough to have met a friend, a VC that worked with this company called Trinet. Yeah. Um, and um, when I put myself into the job market, I, don't, I think the one good thing people look at is you can go try whatever you want, and it's it, people value. It. They don't say like, oh, you left to you start a company or you left to do this. No. They're like, oh, that's great. I'm sure you learned something along the way. So that's what you know. For, for people that don't take risk or big jumps, um, that's one thing I think they don't really understand. Yeah, you know, is that when you go into an interview with with, with someone? Because I've I've failed at three different businesses now. Uh, one turned out okay, but two are really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and and when I sit down at a table and we go through the interview process and we're getting to know each other, I mean, literally, you can kind of loosen things up, especially for talks like a CEO, because you're like. I've been there. Maybe not on the same level. Your business is $40 billion. Mine was only 400000 Yeah. I mean, so it's two different worlds, but I know how it is to be mm. a leader in some of this, the basic struggles of, of owning certain things. You know what I mean? Dude, you learn it, so much. You, may, you learn so much, bro. And so it, it, it automatically allows you to have a perspective that's, that's unifying that I don't think people will understand if you don't take the risk. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, no, to be honest, the market was quite yeah. happy about it. I had a lot of uh, good offers. And one of them was this company, Trinet. And now it's like, my girl is here. I need to get this going, right? Like a year and a half of living of savings, yeah. whatever little funding we had, like especially paying rent in downtown LA, it goes. Come on, man. Uh, I'm in Pasadena. <laughs> I feel the pain. Yeah, yeah I'm dude, with you, man. man. Like, it goes quick, bro. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's like, okay, now yeah. like savings are out. Let's get back to it. Chick is here. So like it's two massive feet. Um, and now with that same story, this company trying to reach out to me and I had, remember like I had met a girl that worked there. She was a VC director. We were on, on a sailing trip with one of the VCs that I knew. Um, and she talked about it briefly and, uh, trying to pay for the trip, which that, that's all I knew. Right. Like, okay. This yeah. company trying to something like HR ish pay for this trip, you know, and the girl was cool. And then. A recruiter called me and talked for like 40 minutes about this company that you can outsource all your legal department and your HR uh, and just this entire function of the business where they help you with the risk and mitigation and, and they give you Fortune 100 benefits when you're like a three-person company. Hmm. And they, having been a startup founder where like you, you see all these struggles and all you want is time to focus on like the main the business. business yeah and not the admin stuff i was like what like you can do that like people do this for you and then at the end of the the kind of this first interview the guy's like yeah this company trying it and i'm like oh i know a chick that works there right yeah. so like look i recruit as a salesperson yep he's got to sell me on this so i call her and i say hey is anetta like is this guy talking to me about this company trying it? it's like you know can he shoot it to me straight She's like, man, like it, in the tech space, there's only a few guys that do this. It's this really good. Like, you know, give it a shot. It's a good salary. Who's your competition right now? Is it uh, Workday? And, who, who Our real competition is yeah. uh, ADP Total Source. Okay, ADP. Uh, a company called Insperity. 
Yep. And then there's one out of San Francisco, smaller one called Sequoia One. There's a bunch. Sequoia, yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of these ones, but yeah. everyone's, Those are the main guys. everyone's offering slightly different. We're all great companies, but I, I think we make it more like an attractive package. We don't try to hide it. We make like, like a flat fee. Yeah. Once you reach a point where you have to leave, like for example, we help WeWork, Snapchat, Airbnb, yeah. a bunch of these big companies get to where they're at. Yeah. And by the time they reach that point of like, hey, you're 150 people, you're paying a lot of money for something you can do in-house. We help you transition. We don't try to keep you in with like, hey man, like, you know, if, if you want to pay us by all means, but the system starts getting clunky when you get that big. Yeah. And also you can pay someone a very nice salary to do everything we're doing for you. Um, so again, it was a very like value first type company. I'm That's like, okay, I, it just makes sense. If you're a tech person, if you're launching a company like a PEO, such as trying it, it just makes sense. Hmm. So I, I took that and I went and interviewed and yeah, every time that they asked me, oh, you know, you left the company a year and a half ago and you're doing this, you had that. And I talk about the story, like nobody's like, oh no, that's bad. It was like, okay, that's great. Wow. You know, it's cool. And having now, I, I help tech startups launch and scale um, with our tool sets and then the network and ecosystem. But now it's like, I bring true real experience. Yeah. To Change the conversation. Talk. Absolutely. You know, like it's not just like I'm trying to, sell you something i'm like man like i'm trying to help you know some companies are smaller where like it just doesn't make sense to come on board yep so i help them scale to a point where like hey man like not now it makes sense for you to talk i'm, I'm really curious to know have you been able to really uh build up a, a, a stronger network because you're you're in this space and you're talking to these ceos and you're talking to these to, to these businesses that are trying to scale and they're like shit man i don't have the hr guy i don't have the legal guy but I got. I have a vision. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think tech is truly an ecosystem, yeah. and it's knowing everyone within it. Yep. Because if you come it's in, it's tight too, man. Yeah. It's like everybody talks. Investors know. Yeah. Who spend the money on what? I mean, you have to think. It's like it's for everyone. Yeah. It's it, it's a business, right? Mm -hmm. But for everyone, whether it's an investor or is is trying it, or as a, a, an outsourced CMO company, an outsourced CTO company, an outsourced CFO company, all these service providers, um, everyone wins when you win. Yeah. So truly everyone's there to help you, right? Mm. Even companies that might, might make it easy for you to launch, right? If you have a good idea, if you're good people and they see something in you, everyone's willing to help because everyone wins. Now, it's just kind of really truly knowing what's worth it, where to spend your time, what to spend your money, who to really talk to. There is so many different shades to this, right? Yeah. You, you might have some investors that are used to having companies exit at a thousand X what they put in that might want to get you to get to that point. You have some investors that want you to get like 10 X. So you have to just kind of know who you're getting in bed with, right? It's gonna be mm -hmm. a long relationship. Um, so I'm like, same, like when you come to Trinet, we work by verticals, I work only tech. Okay. So I'm not going to help tech you. Tech only vertical. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not going to just like send you to a person that works in manufacturing for help. Like, sure. I know the tech space. I facilitate whatever you need within the tech space, right? If you go with someone like ADP Total Source and Spirity, great freaking companies, but they're big in manufacturing. Yeah. You're in a different industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? It doesn't match up well. And so it's, it's, then it's just kind of knowing that. And to me, that's everything. We, we host events all the time to help like early stage founders learn these things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, plugging yourself into the ecosystem, talking to people. And I mean, it's easy. You can get quotes from everyone. You can talk to everyone. 
uh, and then talk to investors and then like investors will see like oh man you've done your research you know what it requires for you to launch this company mm -hmm. you probably have a quote from all these guys you you, you can't forecast how much money you're going to make you're going to be wrong about it but you can forecast how much money you're going to spend sure right and then yeah. people can be like well fair enough yeah you know yeah D dude so you know jose i want to run some things past you because one of the conversations that i'm getting into and one of the you know i love where this conversation is going already man i feel like i'm just getting started but <laughs> tell me if you got a breakaway at any moment no, dude, go ahead, all right, go ahead, all right go. cool cool so um especially with that especially from the standpoint of you know, having a job that's comfortable, right? And then in a place where you're, I know people, like to me, people matter so much in what type of work I do. Cause one, I don't want to spend my time and skill set serving a, a bad, you know, organization or things that people are up to, to some BS that's bringing out people. So I'm big into doing the right work, service work is how I kind of view it. Yeah. So, and then working with good people is just good for my own, my, my own self, right? Absolutely. You know, I don't want to have anybody that's going to be trying to chip away at me and, you know, causing me to go home to my wife pissed off about what the hell happened at the job. That's, sure. that's, that's over. So those two things are, are happening. Shit's pretty comfortable, but I'm not a comfortable type of guy. Right. And, one, you know, one of the things that one of the opportunities I'm seeing in the marketplace, me being a guy that's big in the health and wellness, work for a medical device company, is how workspace is changing, yeah. especially in tech. Yeah. Because there's more and more people working from home. You probably see this a lot yeah, and yeah. On, on, HR, on the HR side. And I feel like tech, the whole tech industry leads the way of the whole future of work and how that's kind of evolving. Of course, yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on 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 how tech is is kind of evolving with how people are, are working at tech in tech companies? Do you see companies being able to operate through Slack only? I mean, because there's so many people that are just allowing the people to work from wherever, you know. Or do you see people still going into offices? Or tell me what you're seeing. I guess on the field. So I, I think truly having been both on the table, like yeah, tech tries to figure out a way to like optimize yeah. things on every route, yep. right? Like. I do believe that there is a very psychological thing about being in an office space that can make you work better, mm -hmm. that will be more motivating. I think that the co-working space effect is often that. You're surrounded people just hustling, right? Yep. Figuring things out. They yep. facilitate, uh, you know, if you want coffee, beer, whatever, we work. Like, yep. it's there. They're you go to those spots, man. Especially here in L.A., you know, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but um, the WeWorks, the one downtown, the one in Hollywood, I mean, those things are bubbling, man. You go in there, there's a there's a certain energy going on. Absolutely. If you if you woke up feeling like a lazy bum because you you know you just hit a, a spiff or whatever or a commission, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you go in those spots, kind of they they like definitely wake you up a little bit. But yeah, right. of course. So yeah. no, I think you, when you talk about like Slack and there's all these other tools you can use that are designed just for that, right? And I think tech companies there is there's truly like it's a great job market now and there's like a war for talent right how do a i get war. the big guys and yeah. then how do i get these guys to truly perform mm -hmm. right so some people it's like okay like you have the office to come in and work you know from it if 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 you need it uh but you can do the work from home if you can right look i work from home for many years and the psychological aspect of being in an office is missed, man. You have to discipline yourself. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, I was military where like, I thought I had discipline. And like now it's like, oof, man, like there's nobody watching me. Yeah. I mean, I'll be done working by noon thinking I'm going to get fired because what else am I going to do the rest of the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you can use those extra six hours, four hours in a better way. But if there's nobody there to watch you or friends or, or colleagues around you, if there's not a clear cut of what you do with your time, like it's a learning experience. Um, 
where I, I do think. How are you handling it, man? Right now, personally, because you work from home, I work from home as well. But I know that could be. I have, like you I said. have, I have office space, so okay. I have the option. So I work from good. home if I choose to. Yep. Uh, which is great for some things. Some things is just good to be in the office. Yeah. Um, do you guys have a workspace, or do you have a? Do you guys have a set location here in LA? We have. So we help. We work scale to where they are now. So okay. we have a partnership with them now Smart at this move. point. Um, and we we have the office space there. I mean, and so there's scary. so many. Startups and, and WeWorks that it just makes sense for us to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's your whole customer base too, right? I mean, you probably hang out in there and you can be well, we, potential clients. So I, being outside sales, I work with bigger clients. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do help those clients or at least talk to like my inside sales team. Some of them, once they're migrating, I mean, it's just good to be in the space and at least educate them on yeah. what we do and the options they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think once you reach that, that breaking point of, okay, we have some funding, we're real, we're a company, you know, and now we have to start hiring and then it starts getting complex. You're like, oh crap. Like, Planting oh, seeds, you man. You know, and then like you open an office now in Arizona or like Nevada and like now it's, it gets three times as complex because you have multi-state laws and there's all these things you're like, oh crap, like how do I, you know, navigate this? Um, I was going to show you something really quick while we're jamming, man. I, I uh, my uh, buddy who's in the real estate showed me this, um, this, this company called Second Home. Are you familiar with these guys? No. So they're, they're actually based out of London. Okay. And uh, they've been opening up these workspaces that are like really nature-centric type of co-working spaces. Sure. They're opening one in Hollywood, man. Um, and it's, dude, this is, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sick how it looks, man. But they're, they're, they're I think they shipped in like. 6,000 plus plants. So it's like a nature type setup vibe inside of a co-working space. Yeah. And these clear pods you can kind of work out of. But anyway, just talking about that. You just, well, let me see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just talking about the whole ambiance of... Uh, oh, dude, it's huge, man. Like, man, I used to go to BCG. So that was one of my, my routes, like thinking of heading that consulting route. Yeah. And I would go to the office in downtown LA and I had never seen anything like that. Like I, my, <laughs> my at the time, my roommate was working for these guys and the office hours were quite intense very good life you want to talk how to optimize work these guys were amazing at it but you go to that office and it was like a mixture between like a jungle and like a tech space in this really? incredible view yeah it was beautiful where's that downtown it's the, the, the top floor of the Paul Hastings building oh, wow, okay. in downtown yeah and now having plants and a green space on it and curating that experience makes it so much my place is full of plants dude yeah, I mean, I, I mean, dude, you know, uh, another piece of this conversation I want to get into because it seems like you got some cool experiences there is talking a little bit about this spiritual journey that that you obviously kind of went on. Or are you going through because your wife's into that piece of it as well? Or yeah, so my yeah. wife is a spiritual coach, uh, which coming from a hard military life and and business background, it was. I mean, I'm I've always been religious in a way. I was born raised catholic okay I'm colombian right it's like there's no many oh, really? choices there yeah, yeah and then i at some point what city in colombia uh, it's called bucaramanga it's like bucaramanga, okay. it's like in the inner parts I beautiful was, place i was in uh medellin earlier this year oh cool yeah yeah we had a great time there no colombia is great man it's yeah. such a happy place this energy that is just hard to find anywhere else the, the part about colombia that shocked me and so i went down there with a couple of friends from um just graduated from Stanford, so they met a lot of people at Stanford together, and we all went down as a group. And um, what I was shocked about is every Friday, these guys just partied like it was like the end of the year. Oh. I mean, and I don't mean like we were drunk and all that. I mean, like we just connected. It's and the it was, energy. It was so 
like it was lighthearted and it was family centric. Yeah. It was just like you yeah. know what I mean. Like people just brought their cousins out and we just we ate no, food. No man, That's, it was just like I wasn't ready for that. People are so happy. That's you the part. thing. In Colombia, like you're born with like nothing, right? Yeah. So anything above nothing is like a celebration. Yeah. So now the country's doing a little better. I mean, it doesn't compare. Middle class in Colombia does not even come close to middle class in America, but it's just a truly happy place. You don't need much to live and get by. And like there, it's a ha good balance of like life comes first, mm -hmm. right? And then like work comes around it to, to support that life. But life comes first. H have you ever thought about going back down there? Because that, that was one of the pieces that we were down to looking at is all the opportunities just purely off the arbitrage. Absolutely. I absolutely. mean, like, I think right now it's, it's a great time to be in L.A. Yeah. I think it's a lot happening yeah. the tech space and, you know, Elon Musk trying to fix traffic for us and all these things. Yeah. But I do think at some point of making a move down there, taking what I've learned here and starting something there uh, and enjoying that life. Now, I'll, L.A. will always be my hub. I'll okay. try to keep a house here and then, like, you yeah. know, just think the, the California package, let's be real, it's uncomparable. You don't get that else in the world, right? So, like, I, I appreciate that. I am a very out, outdoorsy person. I mm -hmm. rock climb, I snowboard, I skateboard. I love the national parks. But there is other places that still offer great things. Colombia has this beautiful energy and happiness to it and, you know, gorgeous women and cheap food and other things cheap food it's simple i mean but it's packed full of energy it's fun i mean it's, you know what i mean it's a paradise man it, it really is i was talking to my I talked to my boy i met about it and it's just like i'm like that's 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 la la land man i mean you know what i mean because yeah, it's, because yeah. it, it, it's mad relaxed and it's just like you know what you see is what you get but it's relaxed with it though <sighs> and it's just good energy man check out that spot check it check out the, the that's here yeah well it's going to open up in july so that next month but it's a co-working spot uh, it's called Second Home. Yeah, London-based co-working networking. They're opening it up. And, yeah, Hollywood Target Center. So it's coming up. It's under construction. But, yeah, the import is 6,500 plants. So it's like they literally have these. And there's a video, too, but this internet's slow. But it's like little tubes where people work out, like glass tubes, I guess. And you can go there, and they're going to have all these plants around it. And I'm just like, man, that's the piece of. That's your homie? Uh, so this is not his project, but he was just telling me about the project. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I mean, I, and, and I was like, dude, that type of setup is like, you can see the positive. No, check that out. For sure. And I'm like, and, 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 and I'm sitting here like, man, you know, we talk about the California package. It's, it's shit like that. That's you know, the you, California you know what I mean? like, package for you sure. You come there, you already know it's going to be sunny. Chances of it raining is freaking slim. You can go to the beach. You can go hiking. And you can get your work done in cool, in oh, a cool dude, that, cool vibe. That's an office. I would love to walk in. Yeah, man. Yeah. For sure. And, and, and so... Me and my friend went down to Columbia to kind of tell you what we were up to. And we were looking at real estate projects down there. Uh, the real estate market's different down there, obviously, than it is, operates here. You got to have cash up front. And so you got to buy out buildings. They don't really do like a lot, a lot of, um, you know, loans to, through the banks and everything else. So it's a little different there. But, man, just the idea, I'm like, I don't know why people wouldn't want to come down here. Because you, you had this idea of it, right? And you're sold this Pablo Escobar. You know, you, you know I mean, that's what. That, yeah, I get it. That, that's of what course. they sold hey, us. And, I, and so I'm like, when I got there, I'm like, this is not even. It was super nice, super friendly. Just people that were just like always genuine. If I need directions, oh, it's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going downtown was easy. I mean, mm. I'm sure there's spots I, you know, I probably should have stayed out of. And, and so I did. But, you know, but the tourist traps, dude, it's, I mean, it was the best. So the one thing is, I think Colombians love foreigners um, okay and um in colombia you have this thing you just you're helpful right everyone's helpful yeah 
uh, I always people just don't I just can't get no for an answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody told me. I remember that. like being in Morocco yeah. with my girl, and everyone tries to help you, and it's just great. I'm like being Colombian, like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, because they want your money, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, walk you to the hotel, this and that, and they like, okay, give me your money. I'm like, oh, come on. And to me, it was like, you know, having been <laughs> from like a similar culture, but that doesn't charge you for it. Yeah, I was like, come on, man, this is. Yeah. But either way, you know, to each his own. Um, yeah. There is just that, like, people are just truly helpful, kind. And now it's, they're opening up the gates to a lot of tourism. Like Medellin's become very touristy. Cartagena mm -hmm. is really yeah, touristy. Cartagena, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so perhaps it'll influence a bit of change, but it's still like in a great time or like, you know, they're very welcoming and very kind. And look, there are there shitty spots. Yeah, of course, man. Like every yeah. place in the world has got Everywhere. it. But like, yeah. I think you can kind of tell. You can't go right. walk through Compton tonight, man. You know, by, by yourself. You know, with your uh, money in your hand. Dude, I mean, exactly. it's going to be a problem like, there, you man. You gotta be smart about <laughs> yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. So you can walk through Beverly Hills that way. You know what I'm saying? With a, yeah. with a stack full of cash. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same, same there. You know, like yeah. okay, look, you know, perhaps if you're out of your comfort zone, then just don't push it. Yep. If it's not good for you, maybe perhaps you're going to attract that guy to come, Jackie. If you're like. If mm -hmm. you're feeling like, man, someone's going to steal from me, if I go here and you still do it and you're kind of walking around scared like a victim, don't go. Perhaps you will be end up a victim. Yep. So, um, now, to back to you, talk about the, the spiritual journey. Yeah, please. And what drew me to that. Um, so, at some point, I kind of not abandoned, but started finding my own route and left the Catholic Church because I felt, based on historical accounts, it hadn't been the most or the best church, you know, based on some things they had done. Sure. Um, but I still feel like this is very close to my heart. There is something real here. I just don't know that what they're saying verbatim is what it is. Um, so it was my own practice. Didn't really follow anything. And then my wife now, Xenia, she's a spiritual coach. She's dedicated her whole life to this. And the chick is bright, right? Yeah. The chick is like, you get into any debate, any argument, like, be ready to be like, Okay, you're right. Yeah. Uh, now you get into your spiritual person and you come like this. I'm like, oh, I'd love to jump into into like a good debate. Yeah. And most more most times I have to be like, okay, you're right. You know, and and, and you know people hear spirituality and they think it's like this juju and it's like no, like in her end it's truly a very internal thing. Yeah. And it's it's often our perception of reality. Um, you know, it's things that when we're growing up. Perhaps your parents were not the most loving. Perhaps mm. they were, and it changes your entire life. Perhaps when you were younger, you were scared of something because your mother was scared of something. And then you grow up like not taking risks because of that reason, and you're completely unaware. So her spirituality, I mean, although she does believe in a higher being and, and something in there, she, just, she doesn't try to answer that question. She takes it more like it's something internal that is perhaps is preventing you. If you think of people that are... Uh, procrastinators you know there is a reason behind it that you just can't quite like figure out mm -hmm. um, and you try to buy all these books and it's just not quite working out for you mm -hmm. if you are uh, in sales right and perhaps you're scared of talking to people there's a reason for some reason it. there is something behind it right and it's more of the taking that approach towards life than anything and and you know go on. I, was, I was gonna say I really love that man because you know we we are quick to go explore other people and yeah. quick to go, you know, look out into the terrain and, but very few times, not saying very few, but at least people I talk to, maybe I need to expand my small sphere. People don't sit in, in their selves and try to 
unpack their, you know, and really dissect themselves to really understand who they are. You yeah. know, and, and, and to me, I, th- I think spirituality is really personal. Yeah. I think it's difficult to go, you know, say what I believe and you take it and run with it, especially when you put in the fact that that's how someone was raised and that maybe they're, maybe their grandmother told them about. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, who am I to say, you know, what I mean, like, of course, you know, dude. I'm just one dude and, you know, I got my ideas, but that's it. <laughs> you know, you know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but but when you start to sit in your own self and unpack that and see the actual spiritual connection that's that's there. Personally, I believe there's a spiritual tie to everything that you do. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's impact. Not saying that it's, you know, doesn't have to be deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but there's something that's, that's there with it. Um, and, and so there's always something to kind of unload and then unpack and, and dive into deeper so you can understand yourself better. And there's so many layers of us as individuals that, like, you know, man, you can spend a lifetime doing it, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, just from the stuff that you learn within between zero to like five. Yeah. And how that translates for the rest of your life. You can live to 120, right? And you'll be, and it would a lot of things would have been because you didn't unpack something that happened between zero and five. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So I yeah. think, because it's true, you can spend, if you want to just discover that, you can spend truly a whole lifetime exploring why you do something. Yeah. Why do we call orange the color orange and you can dig until Adam and Eve, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, it's more like, okay, if there is something that perhaps is not working out for you, then you can dig into that. Um, so I told you, I, I rock climb and... Um, How long have you been doing that, man? Uh, 2013. Wow, okay. You rock climb out this way on the west? You, 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 you yeah, yeah. We do, we do like big walls. Really? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it took me, but I was such a slow learner. I was such a pussy, man. Like... <laughs> Coming from skateboarding yeah, and, and yeah. other sports that require to commit and you learn the hard way because you're falling, I felt that I had this fear of falling, not of heights. Because I remember like being in, in Tokyo for New Year's with my ex and climbing like in top of like this skyscraper's billboard. What? Um, just to like for the sake of it, right? So like, but I could, I could do things like that and I just have to, I would be super scared to approach the edge. Um, so now when I started climbing, it's because I love the outdoors and my best friend climbs. It's crazy. So I started going with them, but dude, I was such a slow learner. I was such a slow learner. Yeah. And um, I remember then I, I helped my mom raise her dog when I moved back to California. And like when the dog was with me, he was a champ. He was such a champ. He was just out there having fun. Just yeah. Killing yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> and then I moved to San Diego. I come back and Milo's his name. Like he was just such a baby at this point. Hmm. And then I like started thinking back to myself on my climbing and I'm like, dude, like, it's not that I'm scared. This is not my fear. This comes from my mom. My mom is super cautious. Like most moms out there, like, you know, protect their baby. That's how she was. And her own fear was like now part of me, but it wasn't me. It projected on you. It huh? projected on me. And it mm. was like, I, at this point, I didn't have Xenia. I didn't have like my, my wife telling me or helping me work through this. It was a thing of getting on that wall and like knowing, okay, this is not my fear. You just got to push it. I didn't have anyone talking to me. Just like, let's just figure this thing out. Yeah. And and then it's like, but then with climbing, it allows, it allows you to push your fears every time and like, you know, take that next step and just get up there and really figure out that, like, man, it's not that I'm too heavy or too skinny or not, I'm too short, too tall. I'm a girl. It's like, it's all work in your body and figuring it out, okay, how do I get there? So like, either way. I learned, and then when I met Xenia, she would talk about these things. It made perfect sense. And um, hmm. I remember being in after when I left, and I took it through Europe. 
remember being in, in Amsterdam for like a couple of weeks and we had to meet at this place, Bundle Park in Middle Amsterdam, this beautiful park. And, uh, and it was late for like an hour and a half, no, for like an hour. And my head was just running, right? At this point, it's like, I'm not even in control. Every worst case scenario is going through my head. I'm like, she, she's going back to Russia. She's not into this. Yeah. And at some point, like, it wins. So then I, I start walking away to go back to, like, the train station. And I see her. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then at that point, I'm like, man, like, this meditation thing, I need to figure it out. Because, like, my head was truly, truly just my head. Nothing Are you being into it right now? I, so I went through a good year exploration, like deep into spirituality myself to yeah. then balance out what I had to. And, yeah. and I meditated heavily. I mean, I still do like every day, like good 10 minutes, 20 minutes. That's good though, yeah. Um, but from a different perspective, not as deep as I was doing it before, but just simply to at least be in control of my thoughts. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to say I'm like going to manifest anything like, no, dude, that's, if that works for you, great. But like to me, it's just like I want to be in control, like make it like, this is truly my decision uh, not to be stuck in my head. And my entryway was simply that, that like, perhaps because my mom was such a cautious lady that always thought worst case scenario, my head was programmed to think worst case scenario. Sure. So I just didn't want to be that way. And like being there present with her in Amsterdam and seeing this and me thinking, man, she went back to Russia and that thought actually won. Wow. It was like, okay, I need to go figure out myself and, and get into this stuff. Dude, I want to ask you a personal question about your relationship, man. Because on. one of the reasons I got with my wife is because I felt like she made me better. Yeah. Well, dude. You, is that one of the things <laughs> that really drew you to your wife as well? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, this is, there's something that I don't have that she truly offers. Right? Yep. Like, look, I love hanging out with her and we see eye to eye and everything. Whether mm -hmm. it's fashion, music, exploration of the world, like what we think. Uh, but she makes me grow, right? She challenges me and she can teach me something at the same time, right? You know, and like we each play our part. She's not as crazy organized and business minded as I am, but I'm also not as like spiritual. Like in that sense, man, like it makes it interesting because I can't, I can't come at her with anything and she won't be, like she'll be ready to answer whatever, right? Like she, I can't like outsmart her in that sense. She's good and she can break it down. At the same time, if I'm struggling through something, She'll pick it up and be like, well, let's get to why you're struggling with this, right? Whether Smart. it be uh, procrastination at work, some projects that perhaps I'm not like really into, then okay, why is it you're not into? You know what's crazy? Your wife would probably make a crazy saleswoman. I mean, she, she, I've told her a bunch of times. She'd probably she'll kill her. Kill it. I mean, because because going to that like immediate, let's talk about the why type, type of conversations, oh, so man. many people, you know, one that. There's actually a stat. There was a research study done. I forgot by who. I don't want to butcher it. But they were saying that saleswomen are doing such a better job than salesmen in the field as far as reaching quotas and um, exceeding them because they have more of that nurturing aspect yeah. that's missing in business a lot. And it's that why question, like, what are we doing here? Where are we going? And that normally ties into why they should move forward with the product or service. I, I, I agree. I, yeah. think, I think that women that get into sales that are that decide to go into it, Often you see them just killing it, right? Yeah. If they, it's not as many, right? It's a male-dominated industry, but yeah, it's definitely alpha. It's it's industry, yeah. and it, because I think from the outside looking in, it's like yeah, it's the things that my wife doesn't want to get into, right? Yeah. Which ultimately, look to be honest, if you're in any business today, you're in sales. Even if you're I'm looking for a job, you, dude, you're in sales. Everyone's in sales, right? So it's like that aspect's there. She's I don't think she's a fan of the structure and perhaps the hustle that you have to go through. Yeah. Uh, which I understand. And I think that's yeah, what keeps that. people out. Some people think just the, the thought of having a quota, like, okay, yeah, quota is just performance, but any job you're in, you have to perform, right? This is just how ours is measured. Yeah. 
Um, hey, 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 you know what's crazy though? I, I think with the with the changing of the of the of the guards, so to speak, uh, with the internet kind of really starting to dominate a lot of people's thoughts, especially in tech, man. It's like you can reposition how you want to do that business structure for yourself, right? Sure. And I think larger companies will, will, are, are catching on. Um, but like you know, if you find something that you that you care about, passionate about, whatever, then sales comes pretty natural. Like if you're into it. Like, if your wife's into spirituality, I mean, I, I would imagine if we hung out, she'd probably bring it up at some point. Yeah, of course. And so it's like an easy, you know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. like you're not even forcing it. It's just what's top of mind for you, you know? Yeah. You're right? I no, mean, absolutely. I think yeah. it's, well, it's, it's different when you're trying to get a few clients. You can go through a ways and you perhaps outsource it. What you have to do is talk to clients and yeah. have that real conversation as to why someone's doing it. Yeah. I think the, the part that some people are turned off by yeah. themselves it's maybe like the prospecting aspect, you know. That's what gets a lot hunt, of people trying yeah. to hunt. Yeah, the hunting. Which yeah. is the part of sales that you're being hired to do. You know, like yep. closing. Someone comes to you. Yeah, you have to just talk. But mm -hmm. it's the hunting. It's the going out there and getting clients. That is the part that it's you know a bit of a turn off to the people. Well, you know that that's the biggest part. Back to um, scaling a business. That's the part that if you don't figure out that piece of the puzzle, you, you know what I mean? Because oh, when, when, sure. when, when, when people come to you gravy you can have the greatest idea in the world best if you can't sell it it's not gonna go anywhere sell to a stranger right? you so know it's like either yeah. you have two types of model right if either you have a product that people just need yeah. right or you invented something so amazing that people are just like need and you just can't have enough people to to do the job you know let's say there's two types of sales. There's the, 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 the white glove that you need to go hunt and, and show to someone or the one that you're going to go buy some water because you just need it, right? Yep. Now, if you have a product that is perhaps great, but there isn't a, like a real need, like people are going to die over it, then you need to just sell it. And people need to convince there's a value to why they're doing this. Why will I invest my money in this company? What's the value behind this thing? Um, and, you know, in the tech market, like, a lot of times that's the case actually in any market unless it's you know you're selling water and then even then you have a hundred brands why is your brand better you know it, it's becoming such an interesting time to be on the front lines of growing businesses because like you said there's so many i, I can i mean even in even in my industry with this medical device product we have there's two other patents only three patents of ways to kind of do what we're doing sure so very focused very niche but okay, so they could. So if someone's interested in our devices, there's only three ways to do it. But there's alternative ways to do other things to ask, so they can accomplish what they're trying to, you know, get done with our uh, technology. Yeah. There's so much competition in the market space. Of course. I mean, it, it's almost impossible. So just to say that we're the only ones. You know, you know what I mean? Like I don't know anybody that, that can pull that off. I have a friend now that has a. A startup is trying to solve that issue and I remember being in sales um, like usually the you know, people in sales get pretty well paid right? yeah. like realistically in the tech market is you can oh, yeah. you software engineer or your salesperson and like they're getting paid the same software engineer is working his ass of the salesperson's out like chit-chatting but <laughs> yeah. he's but he's bringing in revenue Right, and I remember thinking mm -hmm. um, when I was at First Data, we were implementing systems and testing things out that were going to take our jobs away. And I'm thinking, yeah, AI is going to come for it. And they were making it in a way that, like, okay, they wanted to have people go into the website, fill out their questionnaires. They they had all the reasons as to why this will work. Right, like it's mm -hmm. it's less scary to truly 
answer questions that are deep when you're not sitting with a person as it is when you're just answering a questionnaire and then he's going to give you like based on those answers going to give you a, a solution almost like right? a chatbot type conversation yeah, one so of those for, first data those hmm? payment processing but then they own so many companies where you if you're a business you need to get business intelligence or yeah. marketing why not they give you whatever you're looking for based on any of the 300 companies that they own well so they figure, okay, that's what we're going to do. It. And I, my boss came to me and said, hey, Jose, like, I want you to pick a path within the company because in a few, you know, in a year, a few months, we're going to start going over these jobs. It never happened. It never happened because what happens now? You take away the sales cats on the front lines. There yep. is so many competitors. The guy that has not these guys with these boots on the ground, you know, doing the, the, the client facing stuff, doing events and whatever, he's going to win, right? Because if you guys are in the same boat, how do you differentiate yourself, mm -hmm. right? So he was like, okay, like, man, like you couldn't kind of get away. And now a friend of mine is trying to tackle the sales concept, not, you still can't get rid of the salesperson, but he's at least going to companies saying, hey, let's outsource yourselves to us. And these are companies we know you as presence. Um, and we'll do this white glove sales things for you so you don't have to hire in-house and go through the process of training people and hoping that it works for you. Smart, right? that's a smart concept, yeah. But it's still, that the, the what differentiates the, the salesperson is that experience you provide you can't get away from that especially not now there is so much competition and the market's there like you need to have that you know man i i love a lot of the ai conversations and machine learning conversations because you know one of the things i'm, I'm bringing up on these podcasts more and more are the whole future of work and, and that's kind of where it goes a lot of times like man you know the, the robots coming are going to take jobs and and i'm like yeah you know but the more and more you think about it, it's conversations like that because if you have company A and I have company B, I have all robots, you're in their face, you have dinner, you know the wife and kids, they're going to say, Jose, give me a call. I'm not going to call my robot. Of course, <laughs> you, 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 you know, so know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I'm also, I work with those guys in AI a lot and AI a lot. Mm -hmm. And I work with guys that that's often the talk, right? And I've been to talks at Google where they talk future of work and what's going to make us different. And it's often kind of the same stuff, right? Emotional type jobs, yep. you know, human type, type jobs. That's the future of work yep. uh, because this is going to make you different. If it's labor-based, if it's, you know, crunching numbers, reading contracts. Like, yeah, machines can be taught to do that. Even coding, right? They're saying like, if you like 10 years or so, like machines can code, right? It's crazy. Um, so yeah, and then anything that is client facing, anything that is like highly emotional, right? They say emotional intelligence is gonna be the thing in the future is going to really drive it, you know? Yeah. Whether that is management or sales, right? Like, okay, how do you communicate with a person? Um, and, and that aspect, um, I think it's, it's kind of the right time to start considering, you know, what they're, what you're going to do. And, and you see it more and more with people going the freelancing route, whether it is hosting, like you said, yoga retreats and becoming like an Instagram or just things that are valuable by like other humans. Yeah. Um, no, you know, no, 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 you know, the whole, the whole gig economy is real too, man. Are you working on some projects? I'm always working on projects. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, what I say. You never say time to do that. Something always in the back pocket, or at least no, you know, toying. On my end, is more of what my position at Trinet allows me to do mm. with helping other startups. So that's I, awesome. I take a lot of like advisory roles with tech companies. Um, Super cool. Just because it's within my room, like I can I can do it. My portfolio companies, whether it's a VC partnership or a CMO partnership or a CFO, I can help that out. So yep. Like, I just I sit on on their boards, or I'm just like a an advisory, and I help them navigate things. Uh, just because it's it's my passion, I like helping. Um, and if I can contribute to them, I'm 
happy to. Dude, do you well? You know, um, I gotta say, Jose, I did not expect us to get this deep into <laughs> yeah, into man. your life. I mean, I mean but but a couple things I want to do. I mean, we definitely gotta link up at yeah, some point. For sure. Um, are you still downtown LA? Or are you I'm also still downtown LA? All right, cool. I'm passing. That's easy, Tight. easy rides. Yeah. I mean, um, do you still do rock climbing? I still do rock climbing. Do you go to like local walls, or are you actually out? Well, we go to local walls. Okay. We go to. Uh, are you in the wild climbing as well? Huh? Are you out like in the you know? I'm in the, I'm in the well. That's the fun of it, right? You yeah. go practice indoors. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and you get your skills and you learn some stuff and then you take it outdoors. Yeah. Really like test it out, but that's that's the beauty of it because I mean you, climbing you combine like nature. Right? Yeah. So you go camping and have a beautiful experience and like fun. So you're climbing out there and you bring all the gear and like climbing is more like a logistical thing. Like you know you once you can do little walls and it's it's truly then like an athlete's workout. Mm -hmm. But you can do bigger walls. It doesn't have to be crazy big, but like just slightly bigger which requires equipment, and then it's just like technical. It's like learning how to use tools. Like, oh, well, I got to put this here. I got to use my body this way. I got to shift this way. Like you, it's, it's good stuff. Dude, I want to do it indoors one time with you, man. Yeah. Dude, I, mean, I, I mean, because it's something I've looked at and played with in the past. But, you know, I'm talking about when I say play with, I mean, I took two steps up on the wall and then I hopped off. <laughs> you know, like this. I, uh, I recommend it, man, because, like, on one end, you're going to face your fears every time. And it's you're going to go into that move where, like, fuck, like, I, I – I need to like truly commit to this. Yeah. I can fall, yeah. but I can get it, you know? And then like once you go and you like grab it and use some technique you were taught to put your, your thumb over your fingers in such a way and then like, and it works. Yeah. Dude, it's like you're solving a puzzle every time. It's dope. And you get to the top, you're like, it's so rewarding. All right, man. You know, you let me know where the best wall is. We can link up and go out there one time or we can double up, bring out the wives. That would be cool one time. Yeah. Man. Seriously. Sure. I mean, so... Um, Tell everybody how to find you, though, man, because, I mean, I, th I think that you have a really well-versed experience. Yeah. Especially working for Trinet. I know a little bit about them because I've been using them yeah. back with the job and for HR type of works, but also just understanding the whole tech space. So people might have some questions <laughs> so for e you, man. easiest way is look me up at Trinet, uh, Jose Dat Barrera, spelled B-A-R-R-E-R-A, at Trinet.com, uh, or LinkedIn, Jose Barrera, Trinet. Uh, I'm not big on social media. I mean, I still have a profile open canal because my cam is best in people. So it's JB that Rojas on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just looking up on Trinet and happy to help anyone and everyone that it, that needs the help. Dude, I got to ask you one more question before so, we get out of here, man, because you aren't big in social media. Why not? Because I, I <laughs> look, man, I work with AI guys. I know that it scares me to think that on the other side of Instagram, there's some cat that's just studying what shade of blue makes me click an extra two or three seconds. Yeah. My roommate does AI for a company called Haystack, and, and that's what he knows. That's what he figures out, right? He truly knows. Like, so it's, it's just this unfair advantage. And I'm, I find that I'm not good at moderation because of it. So like, I open Instagram, and then I'm hooked for like an hour, and I'm like, man, like I just wasted an hour of my day. Those guys won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 and it's yeah, like, yeah. dude, those, those guys you. are bringing in a profit yeah, over yeah. the time that I just spent in this. So it's like, look, no, no hate to them. I, I think it's fun. I think it's great. I, I love to post stuff up there. In my particular case, in my my story, like I just don't like that I don't have control over it. Sometimes I'm not like there's no moderation for me because of it. These guys are good at what they're doing. You know, they're studying what size fund what their timing, how to do all these things that make you spend an extra two, three seconds there, but mm -hmm. then they sell to the advertisers. So that's my particular thing. Uh, I prefer to spend my time somewhere else and I just know that I'm not good. I, sp I, can, I can scroll through Facebook for a few hours and Instagram and then 
after I snap out of it, I'm like, man, I could have done this, I could have done that. And with that, it's a wrap. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Sales Culture Radio Show. And to learn more about the agency, go to salesculture.work. And don't forget to rate it and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Struggling to connect with buyers in an overcrowded, noisy sales landscape? Today's buyers want more than a spray and pray email blast. Launch a podcast and collaborate on content with people that matter most in your industry. Learn more at salesculture.work.